For the last seven years, I've been coaching and teaching on different topics, but I've been creating courses and running coaching programs where I've taken the knowledge that I have and that I've gathered and sharing it with other people. And I don't know if I would have characterized what I do as that even a month or two ago, but that's in effect what's happened. And recently I came across a, a old, old story that I don't think I'd ever heard before that I've been thinking about ever since. And I thought I'd share that story here and uh, kind of how I think it perhaps applies to you if you run any kind of teaching-based business, you if you have kids and you want to teach your kids, you if you have a team and you want to be able to train your team. I think probably every human on earth teaches, whether it's their profession or a necessary element of their job or family life. But the story is this. Um, I'll have the dates wrong, but the story will be roughly right. and You can Google to get the exact dates. Somewhere around 400 BC, Alexander the Great commissioned a library to be built called the Library of Alexandria. And that is, if you're, you have a mental picture of the Middle East or an area, Northern Africa, uh, it's, I think, kind of near the coast, the, on the Mediterranean coast in Egypt, kind of on the west side of the Nile Delta. Um, anyway, so he commissions this library, and the goal of the library was to collect all human knowledge in one place. Every book, every scroll, everything that humans knew to be collected and stored in this one library. And he died before that library was finished, but it was finished and it operated for 700 years. And But around uh, 40, 40 BC, uh, uh, one of the Caesar, I think it was Julius Caesar of the Roman Empire, uh, set siege to the entire known world of the Mediterranean area all the way from Rome, all the way around from through the Holy Lands and down through Northern Africa and conquered it all. And somewhere in that conquest, the library burned down or the majority of the library burned down. And now in modern day, we don't even know exactly where it's set, but we have records that it existed. We have records that it contained up to 700,000 scrolls. In fact, every ship that ported in Alexandria was required to turn over their books and scrolls and documents and blueprints and anything they had so that the library could copy them keep the originals and hand back the copies to uh, the ship. So through that process over hundreds of years, they collected uh, what is thought to be the highest percentage of human knowledge ever assembled in one place until the internet was born. But when that fire hit, all that knowledge was lost. It's thought that that has set back that fire in that one library set back the evolvement of human knowledge by a millennia or more because so much was lost in the fire. Here's one example. Uh, there was a guy, I forget his name, you could Google it, who invented the steam engine in 450 BC before the library was built. Had, on, had the diagram on a scroll or his document that he wrote it down on. Uh, the library comes to exist. That guy dies. They get the scroll. It's stored in the library. Uh, the library goes a couple hundred years and they have so much stuff that they can't find anything. So they start a system of, of cataloging everything they have so you can easily find it. And then they bring in scholars and people to study there and experiment there and learn there. And one of these people come across the scroll to the steam engine and find it. Once the library is burned down, that the, the discovery, the invention of the steam engine is forgotten about until it has to be reinvented almost 1,800 years later in the 1800s. And that, that uh, invention of the steam engine is one of the biggest sparks that ignited the entire industrial revolution and the world as we know it today. But it was invented in 450 BC. <laughs> but since that knowledge was lost, no one knew about it. And for almost two millennia, people kept riding on chariots and wagons and different things when we could have had the steam engine and perhaps the entire Industrial Revolution 2,000 years ago because knowledge was lost. 
So here's the takeaway for me. One, man, what all would we know now about how the ancient world worked and what they knew and uh, that, that we just don't know now because all the documents are gone due to that one fire um, being burned? Uh, what mysteries would we know? What things would we be aware of? What lessons have we had to relearn or what lessons have we not relearned yet? We've relearned some of them and we've advanced well beyond where people were then in some areas, but in what areas have we not? Like we still have no idea how different things were built and created that we have archaeological evidence of, that we have no clue how to replicate ourselves, much less how they did it back then. So a couple, two key points from this. Number one, we think of innovation as a steady stream that if you just, it's like a lazy river, that if you just lay in the stream of time, that things get better and things innovate and things improve and technology advances. And that's just inaccurate. That's not how it works at all. Uh, technologies have been completely lost and never rediscovered. We do not know how certain things happened. Uh, the, Rome, the Romans uh, forgot how their own aqueduct system worked over the course of hundreds of years. The, the Egyptians forgot how to build the pyramids. The Great Pyramid, which I think is the oldest pyramid, is a complete masterpiece work of art and technological feat that we still don't know how they do. But the latest pyramids built, or the ones closest to our time are complete crap. Like they're way worse. The technology devolved over time. Technology and improvement of humans is not a lazy river you jump into and you just naturally get there. It takes intention and practicality uh, and practical action and people to will that through effort and study and usually business to get them there. So just laying in the lazy river and thinking like, oh, this is just the natural revolution and things improve. I think we're skewed by the time we live in and so much innovation has happened. So much concentration of innovation has happened in the last hundred years that we think that's just the norm and it's not. It's not even the norm within our own society that things evolve to a better state. And the second takeaway for me, and I think these two concepts link up, is that... Um, well, the first one was innovation. Innovation doesn't just happen. And when you think about the Library of Alexandria and the steam engine just disappearing, uh, the, if, if, if innovation was a lazy river, you would jump in that and things would have naturally involved in the Industrial Revolution would have happened a thousand years earlier, and it just didn't. But the second piece is, and I think this is drastically discounted and ties into it, is Every one of us stands on the shoulders of everyone that came before us and the information that came before us. So if you were just to delete 80% of human knowledge right now, it would set us back 10,000 years. <laughs> and you wouldn't be able to recover that. You would have to go through all the fits and starts. You would rediscover some things and they'd be better. And you wouldn't rediscover other things and they would never be found again. So every scientist, every physicist, every astronomer, every marketer, every parent, every person that lives currently is standing on all of the knowledge and all the best practices that have been remembered and forgotten over the years. So by teaching, by coaching, by creating a course, by writing a book, you're doing, you're setting up your kids and the future generations to be able to learn from what we've done instead of having to relearn all of those lessons over and over and over again. Now, here's the problem with both of those things. Books are amazing. Courses are amazing. Coaching programs are amazing. But there's some type of missing technology right now that assembles all of those together. Even though the, Alex, the Library of Alexandria was probably one of the, the, one of the saddest things to ever lose in history, uh, it also was incredibly inefficient. Even though you have 700,000 scrolls there, no human could ever absorb all that information. 
I think we're missing a key piece in human knowledge right now and the pursuit of human knowledge so that we don't have to relearn the same lessons and repeat the same mistakes and re-go through all the same stuff over and over again, which we're currently doing, have always done, even with the best information being available, it's still almost impossible to know it, to process it and know how to use it well. There's some type of product, some type of tech that still is yet to be invented. And perhaps this is AI, perhaps it's something else that is able to give us actual access to that. Like right now we have more information than has ever existed in humankind, but accessing and using that is, is pitiful. Like we still repeat the same mistakes over and over again. For an example would be, you know, we're in a presidential election right now. And uh, there's a lot of, you know, the, the United States has a process of the electoral college where it isn't, doesn't just go off popular vote when the founding fathers put the constitution together. They studied many democracies and republics and found the cracks in them and things that caused them to rise and fall. And to their best knowledge, the best concept they could come up with to help uh, prevent some of the negatives of the democracy uh, of mob rule and only the big cities being involved in decision making and you know, rural people not being involved and not creating unrest and eventually uh, massive unrest and civil war in the country falling was the concept of electoral college. And you see, like in this election year, in the last election year in 2016, when the person that doesn't win the popular vote loses, everybody calls for the electoral college to be disbanded and popular vote to happen. Because it seems to just make common sense that whoever the people vote for should be the president. So whether that's right or not doesn't really matter. But what the, what the interesting part is, the answers to those questions of why they put the electoral college in place and why it was thought to be better than a popular vote are available to people that search and people that look, but 99.99% of us don't. How could, what tech could be created that allows that information to already be known and already be presented whenever the question arises? How many diseases aren't cured? How many um, medical conditions aren't cured and treated correctly just because we didn't have the latest medical knowledge that was known. They just made the discovery in Italy two years ago, but it hasn't made all the way all the way to you. And even if it did, you didn't believe it due to you being trained in the opposite uh, approach to uh, treating it. So I just say all that to say uh, two, two, two core concepts. One, technology and information doesn't naturally evolve. I would tend to argue it naturally devolves unless constant pressure is applied to make it evolve. And the second piece is all of us, every human on earth, stands on the knowledge of that evolution. So we either stand on a rising tide or we stand on a sinking tide. And even with the best information access humans have ever had, it's still incredibly inefficient to do anything. You could, I have, you know, 100 books on marketing sitting right behind me right now. I've read 10 of them. And of those 10, I've absorbed maybe 5% of the concepts. All the information literally is sitting in my office to accomplish any goal I ever have. But my ability to consume, digest, synthesize, and execute on that information, that process is incredibly inefficient. How could we make it more efficient to take the human knowledge that we do have now? We have the Library of Alexandria. It's called the Internet. And we do not have all the lost information. We only have current information that we've been able to assemble. But of that information, how much of it is usable? I would venture to say less than one-tenth of one percent is usable due to the volume of it, due to the nature of it being locked away in these formats that are almost impossible to synthesize and use by normal people. And even if they are by specialists, it's almost impossible to distribute that information to everyone that could benefit from it. So what technology needs to exist to be able to help with that? I don't know what it is. I don't have the answer to that. But these are problems that are super interesting to me. So I'll leave you with go YouTube this weekend or tomorrow or today or tonight, uh, the Library of Alexandria, and watch a couple of stories 
about how the natural state of humans is not to evolve, but to devolve and to see what it is that sparks for you. Most coaches and consultants who have a resource that they give away online aren't leveraging their thank you page, also referred to as a confirmation page, the way they should. Your thank you page is actually an opportunity to generate additional traffic to your website if you do the right things to make it go viral. This month only, I'm giving away my viral thank you page playbook, which includes everything you need to make your thank you page become a viral traffic source to your website, resulting in a lot more leads for you. You can grab it for free this month only at growthtools.com forward slash free. Again, that's growthtools.com forward slash free.